From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget Newsletter. And joining me today is John Donnelly, who covers defense policy for CQ, to talk about the big defense spending bill that House Appropriators will take up this week. Thanks for being here, John. My pleasure, David. So the biggest of the 12 annual spending bills, the defense bill, gets a markup Tuesday in the House Appropriations Committee. But before we talk about all the big money at stake, John, you did some great reporting last week uh, about a little-noticed provision in this bill that revealed a Trump administration plan to essentially funnel some money to the Taliban insurgents in Afghanistan that Americans have been fighting since 2001. Tell us what you found on that. Well, the committee, the subcommittee, the defense subcommittee put out a press release saying that they were uh, blocking uh, administration plans to spend money uh, uh, effectively reimbursing the Taliban for expenses associated with any peace talks. And so to me, that begged the question of what what request for money to to help the Taliban? So I started (laughs) looking into it. And it turns out that... uh, Because we don't usually fund our enemies. So (laughs) Right. As a general rule, yes. I did two stories on it, and so I advanced it a little bit in the second story. But between the two stories, here's what we found. Uh, the administration, uh, when it submitted its fiscal 20 budget request, asked Congress for $30 million for a fund to bankroll expenses associated with uh, peace talks, local peace talks, apparently, in Afghanistan. And um, it, it, some of that $30 million, don't know how much, uh, would be to cover the expenses of the Taliban, basically. Uh, and, and so I got a hold of a uh, Pentagon document requesting the money, and it says that we know that some of this money will go to the Taliban, and as a result, it may run afoul of laws that prohibit material support to terrorists. Well, that's a problem then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, the, uh, the attitude of the uh, appropriators on the House Appropriations Committee is— Which is controlled by Democrats, we should correct, say. Correct. Um, is we're not crazy about the idea of giving money to our enemies, but especially when they are not allowing, when allowing the Afghan government to participate in these talks, and women can be nowhere near the talks. And so the, the, they put a provision in there that would say, if we were to give you any money for this, and by the way, they blocked the whole $30 million, but if we were to give you any money for this in the future, A, uh, you have to allow women to be involved, and B, you have to allow the Kabul government to be involved. And so that provision's in there. And and again, this is just the first of the uh, defense bills that we've seen. There's a long way to go. To be fair to the administration, sometimes to end uh, a, a war that's lasted a couple decades and cost, you know, somewhere near a trillion dollars or whatever the figure is, it's, it's close to that. You, you need to do things like this. And, and I don't think it's unheard of for, um, you know, the uh, for, for one party or the other to uh, pay some of the expenses of, 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 of somebody involved in talks. But especially when the Taliban, you know, it continues to attack our forces and uh, and Afghan civilians, and they are not even uh, allowing the government in Kabul to be involved in the talks. You know, it's it kind of sticks in the craw of a lot of people. And does the Pentagon say that the Taliban actually need money to get to the peace talks? I mean, they 
No, it's more, it seems more like a, you know, a nice thing they're going to do for them. Like, you know, contract out the transportation and maybe provide food and they, they say logistics uh, services and who knows, photocopying, uh, you know, uh, uh, catered meals, who knows. But um, which is an odd image to have catered meals for the well, enemy. Well, I mean, right. I, I don't know that for sure. But I, but when you have long talks, people have to eat, right? So um, that's I can imagine that might be one of the things that's that's included. We don't know precisely what they are going to to security is another thing that they did mention uh, and transportation. Um, they said uh, if it's if the talks are in a place that's hard for them to access, which I it's hard for me to imagine that the Taliban would have a hard time. Who who you know many of whom have lived in caves, yeah. you know would would have a hard time, uh, uh, or, or if not caves directly, that was more Al Qaeda. You know these people are used to very rugged terrain, so it's it's hard to imagine that they can't get to wherever they need to go. In any event, you know this is this is part of a larger conversation about you know. What what are these talks about, and 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 uh, have we, you know, are we are we giving up too much, you know, uh, at the beginning of the talks, you know, if you, for in notably, I think most notably, not involving the Afghan government is kind of a real head scratcher. Right, this people. was going to be just talks between the U.S. and the Taliban. That's what they have been so far. Yeah, uh, so obviously the Democrats don't like this provision in, in the House. They've stripped it out of their House defense bill. They haven't provided the money that was requested, right. and they've included a provision right. that would proscribe any f future use of this money as long as those two things continue to not be met, participation of the central government and participation of women. Any idea how this would play in the Republican-controlled Senate? I think there will be sympathy for the administration and for central command to, you know, use its discretion. Um, however, you know, this is the kind of thing that's real difficult to explain publicly, right? Yeah. So in other words, privately, they might be willing to go along with it. But now that it's out there in the public, um, it's going to be harder for them to explain. I should point out that I got a statement from Ken Calvert from California, who's the top Republican on the House Appropriations Subcommittee on Defense, saying that he supports the, uh, the uh, majority, Democratic majority's provision, uh, uh, which was inserted oh. by Peter Visklosky of Indiana, the chairman. So from, there's some bipartisan opposition to this administration planned. At, at this stage, yeah. We'll see where it goes going forward. But again, I think it's the kind of thing that they might uh, uh, say okay to privately, but it's real difficult for a politician to explain. Uh, you know, and one thing we haven't mentioned is the amount of money that the Taliban makes off the drug trade in Afghanistan. Uh I estimate it's somewhere near $800 million a year. So it's not like they're starving for funds. So they're desperate. They're not desperate for taxi fare. No. Okay. So we'll see. This could be a contentious item in, in any House-Senate conference talks on the final defense bill, I, I assume. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so beyond the Taliban funding, uh, give us a broader overview of the, of the defense bill, if you can. How big is it this, this year? How big of an increase are we talking about? It's a modest increase. The, t the total is $690.2 billion, and that's comprised of the two big pieces, uh, the, the so-called base budget, most of the Defense Department's operations, $622.1 billion for that, and then a pot of money for uh, so-called overseas contingency operations, which is supposed to be for uh, what happens in places like Afghanistan, war zones, 
the total 68.1 million a billion excuse me yeah. but in reality they have slipped a lot of non-war projects under that rubric now that 68 billion dollars is nearly a hundred billion dollars less than President Trump wanted for the war budget because he had he had uh, puffed that up he had he had uh, increased the amount of money that went into that pot because it is not capped under the budget control law the base budget is capped the war budget's not capped yeah so it was a place for him to stash a hundred billion dollars and a way to increase the defense budget in theory but of course it was dead on arrival yeah we should say these spending caps that are under law right now Trump is trying to say he's abiding by them but he's trying to boost defense spending anyway by pumping up this war account that you're talking about. exactly so he's sort of boosting defense through the back door in a way while while on paper he's still abiding by the actual spending cap but I mean Democrats aren't buying that are they Democrats aren't buying it, and I, I think there's, you know, there's plenty of uh, Republican opposition to it also. Uh, so I, I can't see that happening at all. It's just such a, a, a transparently, yeah. uh, you know, uh, phony way to increase defense spending that he knows will not get, you know, the support in Congress uh, that's needed. What's got to happen, and talks are, are now apparently underway, is changing the caps uh, as we have in the past. To raise the spending limits. To raise the spending limits for defense and non-defense. Which this House defense bill would do, right? It assumes a higher defense cap level. Uh, Yes, it does, yes. Um, Although it still gives Trump less defense money a little bit than he actually wanted. That's right. But it does so by increasing the the base budget, not by an artificial uh, pumping up of the war budget. Right, because Trump would pump up the war budget and not actually use it for war. He would use it just to funnel it back into the base budget C- to evade the spending yeah. cap. But, of course, you know, the, bu- the Budget Control Act is the, big, is the central part of this drama uh, because everything we're talking about here with regard to the defense bill is subject to major change later depending on what happens there. But, you know, I mean, what's going to happen is they're going to increase defense and non-defense spending. I mean— it's it's hard for me to fathom that they wouldn't do that, that they would allow uh, the, the Budget Control Act so-called sequester, you know, or sequestration to take effect. And Those are the across-the-board cuts that would kick in if, yeah. if, if you violate these current spending caps. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I think there's going to be a deal. It's just a question of when. Um, we'll probably have a continuing resolution at least for a few months this year. So we may not have a deal until uh, calendar year t- uh, 2020. Yeah, for fiscal year 2020, which of course starts on October 1st. With the risk of another government shutdown this fall, if we can't seem to, uh, okay. Yep, deja vu all over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a question of how, how much higher these spending caps would be and then how much defense you can cram into it. So Republicans, House Republicans are, are likely to vote against this bill on Tuesday, right? They've signaled their opposition to it because they want. They say there should be a, a, a budget deal, which is kind of ironic since the president has said he doesn't even have any interest in talking about a budget deal. Right. Um, so I don't know if ironic is the word or not, but it's it's certainly. But they a want a bipartisan odd. agreement on what the new spending limits should be before they vote for these for these bills. Yes, but you know, the reason I say it's odd is that you know the the Republican in the White House says hey, he's not really that interested in talking about a budget yeah. deal. That will change, I predict. And we should say, when Republicans controlled the House, they did the exact same thing that the Democrats are doing now, which is plow ahead with spending bills before there was an agreement on on a bipartisan uh, deal. Inconsistency is the most consistent thing in Washington. Any any big ticket items in this bill that we should be aware of? 
Um, yeah, I mean, one that's always a big issue is the uh, F-35 fighter jet. Um, it's a big issue because it's a lot of money. It's the most expensive weapon program in history. Uh, and, but, but it's not an issue in the sense that it's sort of too big to fail at this point. Um, but it's a, it's a big dollar thing, and they're adding, as they often do, they're adding 12 F-35 fighter jets to bring the total to 90 uh, and uh, there's there's another I issue. Think it's twelve more than was even more than was requested, requested yeah, by the Pentagon, yeah. and they do yeah. that pretty much every year. Yeah, um, it's just you know pr- subcontractors are are sprinkled throughout the country, and there's a lot they have a lot of political support for the program. Uh, plus, the prime contractors are major uh, contributors to. Uh, campaigns, especially for defense lawmakers. These are, these are the newest uh, stealthy fighter jets we're talking about the, yep. that, that, that are shared both by the Navy and Air Force, right? And, and the yeah, Marine, and, and the Marine, and Marine Corps. Corps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so there's another issue related to the F-35. We're, we're planning on selling F-35s to Turkey, but Turkey is at the same time talking about buying an air defense, uh, you know, anti-aircraft uh, system called the S-400 that was basically designed to defeat the F-35, and we're worried that um, about the how much information uh, could be learned about the F-35's vulnerabilities if they got a hold of the S-400. Um, and so right now... Because that, that missile system is made by Russia. Right? Yeah, excuse so, me, yes. Yeah. And and so the this bill would block the sale of U.S. F-35s to Turkey. Um, and there's bipartisan support for that. There's a real concern about this uh, air defense system. Okay. So we'll watch to see how the appropriators handle the defense bill and Taliban funding as committee action proceeds, and CQ will be covering it all for you. And here's what to look for this week in other budget news, because it's a busy one. Congressional leaders are still trying to negotiate a compromise aid package for victims of natural disasters. Senate leaders have said they want to vote on the measure this week before the Memorial Day recess, and there's no word on a deal yet. Leaders also plan to meet with White House officials this week to begin talks on whether and how to raise the spending limits for the coming fiscal year to avoid a government shutdown this fall that we were just talking about. Democratic leaders, meanwhile, plan to meet with President Trump on Wednesday to discuss plans for paying for a major infrastructure spending initiative that could cost as much as $2 trillion over a decade. Still no word on how to pay for that. And House appropriators plan to mark up three of their other spending bills this week besides just the defense measure. That does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email note at cqpodcast at cqrollcall.com. My thanks again to John Donnelly, our senior defense reporter and expert on all things military, for joining me. Thanks, John. My pleasure. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes or find us on Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google CQ Budget Podcast. And for more budget news, subscribe to CQ.com or visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter. The handle is at CQNow or at Roll Call. See you next week.